Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Citizens of Perfectville, we are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50 five, zero. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Speaking of starts, let's get to the show, shall we? In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your non-playoff bound Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. I am the COVID-19 stricken Sam Marcou, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Colon. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? The doctor, I prescribed all our listeners to be wearing a mask during this episode since Sam's breath is coming through your speakers at the moment. <laughs> I don't think it's a felony if I breathe into the microphone. I think as long as I don't actually breathe on anybody, I should be fine. Yeah, or like give it to somebody after breathing on it without like telling them what might be on it. I don't know how that works. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I went to Disneyland and uh, nothing at Disneyland is free, including um, the Lightning Lane Genie Plus passes in order to actually not wait in line for, you know, three hours at a time, uh, except for COVID. COVID is free. You can get COVID for free anywhere within Disney. I purposely spent hundreds of additional dollars chris so that me and my family did not have to wait in any lines while we were there we wore masks the entire time i'm vaccinated fully yet uh i left the happiest place on earth and um almost immediately started feeling gross and uh took a test and wouldn't you know at COVID 19. so new year's eve i get COVID 19 or at least that's when it you know test positive um the very next day or the day after that, I should say, the Miami Dolphins lose to Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans combined with the Chargers and Raiders winning eliminate us. We went from having the last spot in the playoffs, Chris, to not even having a chance in the playoffs going into week 18. And then the very next day after that, after Monday Night Football, turns out I lost in the finals of the okayest fantasy football league ever to none other than raced. So within the matter of like 72 hours, Chris, I get a uh, deadly illness. The Miami Dolphins get eliminated from the playoffs and I lose the finals to our own fantasy football league. It was a fantastic New Year's weekend for me. How about you? I had a little bit of better uh, New Year's. Um, unlike you, don't have COVID um, that I know of. Um, I haven't been short of breath. Who knows? Uh, it's crazy right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to get it after the show with you <laughs> because I'm looking straight at your face. 
your red face uh, with COVID. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was good. It was, it was a good New Year's. Um, watched some college football. The playoffs sucked. Tennessee game was pretty cool. Tennessee uh, Volunteers game, not uh, obviously the Titans and Dolphins. Um, but we were talking off air, Sam. It's, it's horrible. Like, here we are again. Like, we, we lose to Ryan Tannehill, of all people, who with his stupid toe thumbs was able to – throw it perfectly in the freezing cold rain with no slipping issues, no hardly any sacks didn't look weird in the pocket. Like he did with us. It's um, I said it on Facebook. Some of our friends uh, that we've had from message boards and whatnot. Um, full stop. Like I agree now we are, we are cursed. Sam. It's a curse. Like it's not like a joke anymore. Like, well, we built the stadium on Tequesta burial grounds. It has, we have to be, we're stuck in this, cycle of just eight and eight or now eight, nine, nine and eight, you know, just middle of the road team. That's going to constantly have the 14th, 15th, 16th pick. It's been a decade plus now since then. And uh, we just might as well get used to it. It's just depressing at this point. Somebody on Twitter said, uh, it doesn't even feel like we have a game this week. Like you said, we're already eliminated from any chance. Like nothing crazy can happen. Right. And it's like, what's the point of even doing this or being there? Yeah, we are going to talk about that in segment number two and segment number three. Things to look forward to if you are a citizen of Perfectville or a Miami Dolphin in general. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it. listen, losing to the Tennessee Titans, there's no shame in that in a vacuum. I mean, they're a good team. They've been a good team for you know quite a few years. Mike, Mike Vrabel's a really good coach. They've got an outstanding defense. They have good wide receivers. They have a, a quarterback that, quite frankly, has evolved into a very good top 15 starting quarterback. I mean, they're the number one seed. And they're the number one seed in the AFC, and they're getting Derrick Henry back, which means they're going to be even that much more potent. So there's nothing wrong with the Miami Dolphins losing to the Tennessee Titans in a vacuum. The kick in the balls for me, Chris, is that you go one and seven, and then seven and oh, and you are in control of your own destiny. And once again, the Miami Dolphins come up short, and they can't blame anybody other than themselves. And again, 34 to three, I think was the final score. I mean, that's not competitive. Tua Tungavailoa had a terrible game. I mean, he couldn't hold on to the ball. He's throwing balls into the dirt when guys are wide open. The defense, you know, looked very porous. There was nothing about this game that made me think that the Miami Dolphins were ready for the playoffs. So, I mean, short of getting to the playoffs and getting waxed probably by the same exact team, there's really no reason for me uh, to even, you know, feel bad that the Miami Dolphins didn't make the playoffs. But here's the thing. Losing to the Tennessee Titans, as I've said, no shame in that. Maybe not 34 to three, but there's no shame in that in a vacuum. I go back to losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I go back to losing to the Atlanta Falcons. I go back to letting, again, a playoff team and the Las Vegas Raiders off the hook when you had them by more than two scores early in the season. That's the type of shit that kills your season. That's what torpedoes you. We wouldn't even be having this discussion right now. Um, if, if, that, if we hadn't lost games that we should be winning. And the Miami Dolphins have been notorious under Brian Flores winning games that they're supposed to win and losing games that they're supposed to lose. I mean, the Chiefs, we lose. Titans, we lose. Buffalo Bills, again, we lose. But you can't lose to the Jaguars and expect to make the playoffs. You can't lose to the Falcons and expect to make the playoffs. Those are really inexcusable losses for the Miami Dolphins this season, especially knowing what we know now. You know, they're good enough to win those games. And if they played today, they probably would. But that being said, they're eliminated. And whoever said that is right, Chris. It feels like I don't even know if I want to watch the game this weekend. I mean, sure, it's my last chance to watch live Miami Dolphins football 
for many, many months. But at the same time, there's really nothing to play for other than maybe personal pride, uh, you know, team pride and maybe some personal records. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't mind losing to the Titans, Chris. I just mind in terms of how it happened. And again, the setup for the Miami Dolphins everywhere thinking this is our year. This, you know, it's finally turning around. All the breaks are going our way only to get, you know, throw sand in our face, 34 to three and Ryan Tannehill of all people. Well, and that's the problem, something that we need to talk about and have a serious discussion about, even though this is usually a lighthearted show. Um, but after a performance like that, like you said, losing on the on the box score, that can happen. It's a football game. They're paid to play, too. Sam, we're one of two teams in the entire NFL that did not score a touchdown. Mm. Just us and the Giants, man. And they had fucking whatever long neck broke his wrist in the game. So, you know, random white backup quarterback third stringer was playing because Daniel Jones is out. We're one of two teams that did not even score a touchdown, Sam, with the season on the line. Like, let's talk about this. This is Brian Flores' M.O. Like, they quit on him in the Buffalo game last year when we could have won and go to playoffs. We get destroyed by a few starters and sprinkled in some backup. We start slow every single year where we end up having to play catch-up and have to have these must-win games. We have to go on streaks. When in the AFC this year, everyone was beating everyone and literally an eight win team now can go to the playoffs and here we are we're in the mix at the end again and the team just seemed to quit on him I mean Van Ginkle's missing tackles this backup running back is running dives right up the middle uh they're falling for uh bootleg Tannehill touchdowns in the goal line like obviously those are happening two was overthrowing Parker um it's just mental errors dumb mistakes waddles dropping balls like yeah are they quitting on Flores is is do we have to bring in a question him as a coach um, I know we went on a streak, but we also have to remember the losing streak. And uh, it's just the way they performed to not even score Sam a touchdown. It's just it's it's unacceptable with the season on the line. Well, and I think for me, the most eye roll inducing thing of all of this is that it's going to bring back the Deshaun Watson rumors. They're yeah. already back after one piss poor performance by Tua Tungavailoa and a loss. That's all it took is not only losing, but losing in the fashion that you did that. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're clearly going after Deshaun Watson again this offseason. And we're going to have to listen to that shit until Deshaun Watson finally goes somewhere, whether it's Miami or somewhere else. Until that is settled, we're going to have to deal with that crap. But <clears throat> to answer your question. I don't know if they gave up on Brian Flores, but they certainly didn't play very well. And, you know, when you're beat 34 to three by a team that does have a backup running back, I mean, as, as much praise as I'm giving the Tennessee Titans, you get beat 34 to three, man, that's 31 points difference. That's, that's a beat down and a half. And uh, I don't know that they're that much better than the Miami Dolphins. So you do have to look at what the game plan was. You do have to look at, you know, what the mentality was coming into it. I mean, something to keep in mind too, we're coming off of a short week. They had kind of an extended week because they played the Thursday before meaning the Tennessee Titans. We played on a Monday against the saints. I mean, all those factors go into it, wet, cold weather games are not Miami Dolphins, you know, uh, traditional forte in terms of playing well. Um, but I do think you have to look at Brian Flores and, and to me, it seems pretty obvious, Chris, he's not getting fired. Um, Chris Greer, I don't think is getting fired uh, unless there's some sort of conversation that we're not privy to. I think these guys are back next year. I mean, Chris Greer did a really good job in the draft. You know, you look at Jalen Waddle, you look at Jalen Phillips, you look at Javon Holland, even if nobody else pans out, those top three picks have been fantastic for the Miami Dolphins and will be going into next year and beyond. But I do think they're kind of on notice of you got to make the playoffs next year. If you're in year four of this rebuild and there's really no one left from the old regime. This is your team. This is your team to coach. This is your team to GM. This is your team to get to the playoffs. If you cannot make the playoffs in year four, 
that's plenty of time for a rebuild. I do think next year will be Brian Flores' last year as the Dolphins head coach if they do not make the playoffs. I think you can look at it now and go, hey, look, we, we made a run. We may finish with a winning record. We've got draft picks. We did really well in the draft last year. You can make a compelling case to Stephen Ross to keep everybody for this year. But if you don't make it next year, I think they're gone. You know, year four, if you can't make the playoffs in four years, that's that's an eternity in the NFL, and they will be gone. So I, I do think Chris Greer, I do think Brian Flores, I think Tua Tungavailoa on some level, they're all going to be on the hot seat next season, if not before when it comes to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, to the point where if they start slow again, a Brian Flores MO, he might go in midseason. I you can know, see that. Rules yep. now that you can interview guys virtually and get a head start on it. Um, or bring in a college coach, maybe a Michigan one, who knows? Uh, I know that's uh, supposedly is linked to the Raiders, but um, it, it, you have to. And it's not just Brian Flores, it's his staff. Like the play calling was abysmal yeah. uh, on, on, on Sunday. Duke Johnson's averaging seven yards a carry, and he had seven carries. Like he had 49 yards on seven carries in the rain, in the cold. And now some of that's probably to a pull in the ball in the RPO situation. But you got to run the football. Like even if down you're down 14, you run the ball. Yeah. Good teams do that, and it helps the offensive line. It helps Tua out. It helps our receivers. It helps it, your it defense. Like, I mean, it helps your yeah. defense stay off the field. I mean, the, the more that the the longer that you have the ball, the more the defense has a chance to kind of like recover and not just out there again. You know, suck an air. So sorry, I cut you off, but it, no, you're, you're absolutely fine. right. You're 100 right. And, and I want to bring up something too. I, I didn't see many people talking about this on Twitter, and I noticed it, but it might have been you know a few course lights in. Um, Mike Isecki caught a pass on the sideline, kind of rolled out of bounds, and he jumped up, and he didn't just blindly do it. He looked around, saw Brian Flores, and flipped him the fucking football. Brian Flores, not the ref, not the ball boy, not a random player. He got up and consciously flipped the football to Brian Flores. Like, hey, by the way, thanks for remembering I'm on the fucking football team. You know, Flores is seen yelling at uh, either Tua or the offensive coordinator on the sidelines. He was chewing out Boyer, the defensive coordinator, at one point because we're playing soft and rushing three and letting Tannehill have all day when he's been one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. Uh, you know, that Lamar Jackson-type defense didn't show up at all where we're doing the zero blitz and just, like, trying to make, like, as we know personally, Ryan Tannehill get the happy feet in the pocket. That never happened. We had this weird game plan. And like I said, you're coming into a must win game the season is on the line that is the worst time to have a bad game plan to call terrible play calls and to have your worst game of your career into a tango by lois overthrowing parker he's hitting the balls on the ground so on twitter joe I, I think they were joking i hope they were joking said that's what got tebow kicked out of the league as throws like that they're not on the same level at all but it's just a horrible perfect storm uh to not even score a touchdown and, and to not be prepared it didn't seem like they're prepared and that's where I think Brian Flores needs to be worried. Well, and and the part that concerns me going into the offseason, we're going to talk about the things that we're looking forward to here in segment two. But, you know, something I'm not looking forward to is that the Miami Dolphins offense still has question marks in just about every single position. I mean, outside of Jalen Waddle and occasionally Devontae Parker, we don't know what we have in terms of wide receivers. Not much, I would say. Uh, the offensive line is still a massive mess. Um, when Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay, who weren't even on the team at the beginning of the season, not even at the team at the halfway point, are your best options at the running back position, tells you all you need to know about the Miami Dolphins running game and the running backs room. And then, of course, you have Tua Tungavailoa, the biggest elephant in the room. Is he the guy or isn't he? I'm not ready yet to divorce ourselves from Tua Tungavailoa quite yet, but Beyond that, Chris, you also have what we've had four offensive line coaches in three years under Brian Flores. 
nobody seems to be able to get it done. So it's very possible that we hear have... that offensive line coach, by the way, in this press conference. I did not. No wonder they're terrible. He can't even put together an articulate sentence for the much shit as we give Omar Kelly. He asks the question, what improvements throughout the year have you seen? And the guy just fumble, improve. Um, I don't know. Then they're coming out saying Jesse Davis is like a hard worker and a lunch pail guy. He's terrible. He's There's awful. no way you can't tell me that sliding Robert Hunt to right tackle and moving Solomon Kinley to right guard just to see how it works. But Brian Flores is like so stubborn that it's like, no, Hunt's doing good at right guard. Let's not mess that up and just continue to let Jesse Davis, Jesse Davis get beat one-on-one against like middle linebackers that aren't even pass rushers. It's the most pathetic position and attempt to play I've seen from a position in my life watching football. Jesse Davis's stretch this season was horrible. Well, I will say this. I mean, uh, the, the the offensive line coach for the Miami Dolphins may have not had an articulate answer, but his answer is correct. I mean, <laughs> what improvements have we seen? It's been very, very minimal. Um, and, and then, of course, you have, you know, the co-offensive coordinators, which is an unmitigated yeah. disaster. We're going to have to plant our foot in the fucking ground and just pick either one of those guys or get rid of both of them and find somebody else that we can actually say, OK, you are the offensive play caller. You're going to be whatever it is. You're designing the plays. You're calling the plays, whatever, whatever the role is of the OC. Can we have a clear chain of command from Brian Flores all the way down through the, the entire staff? Because this co-OC thing does not work. We tried it. It was the great experiment. It is one of the worst things I think we could have done at the beginning of this season. And I'll tell you, just from a middle school level, Sam, that as a defensive coordinator, I make calls based on their formations and how they line up. And I do it pretty quick on the sideline where we had a coach this year that was, you know, a defensive line coach. You want to get everybody this type of playing time and stuff. And I'm calling stunts and everything. And he has like three backups in that I wasn't aware of were in the game and our starters on the sideline getting a breather without letting me know that changes how I call plays and it's on the fly. So not being on the same mindset is first of all, that's impossible to human beings, right? It's like playing the phone game or like, you know, you know, finishing each other sentences. Oh, you gotta do that. You need one guy, one voice, one guy in a room to uh, with our offensive players, making game plans and calling the plays on the field to have that mix of coaching just from a middle school level, Sam was difficult. How do you do it in the NFL? It's 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 I, I can't believe they even attempted it. Well, they attempted it, it failed, and the Miami Dolphins are yet again a 500 team, possibly slightly above, slightly below. They'll probably fucking tie the Patriots and go eight, eight and one because that's our luck. But uh, you know, the, the Miami Dolphins are not going to the playoffs. Um, the San Francisco 49ers most likely are. So our draft pick for the first round next year is going to be relatively lower. Uh, than it otherwise would be. Although I don't regret that trade. I mean, Jalen Waddle has been like the lone consistent bright spot. We'll talk for about this. him in the next segment. I yeah, got something. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So Worth why it. don't we just go do that? Why don't we, uh, why don't we take a break from this depressing ass COVID-19 riddled first segment here of welcome to Perfectville and we'll come back and uh, we'll brighten it up a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk a little bit about everything. Chris Cullen, the good doctor himself and Sam Mark, who the COVID-19 patient himself are looking forward to for the Miami Dolphins in the year 2022, right after these words. Unless you've been living under a rock and you don't own a calendar or a smartphone or any sort of internet device, you know that the holidays are right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, by the time you're listening to this commercial right now, the holidays are officially here, at least for all the shopping purposes. 
because you need to get there online right now and order all your Miami Dolphins swag for those beautiful Miami Dolphins fans in your lives in order to get it here by the holidays. So start now. Make that list. Check it twice. And head to welcometoperfectwell.com. Click on the Amazon banner and do all of your shopping at Amazon.com. No hidden fees, no extra charges, just regular old Amazon.com by way of welcometoperfectville.com. But because you did that tiny, teeny little extra step by going to our website first, welcometoperfectville.com, every purchase you make, a few shillings go back in the welcometoperfectville.com pocket. That's right. All the gifts you buy your loved ones, you give us the gift of keeping the website open. So the next time you need to go to Amazon.com for anything, including Miami Dolphins swag and paraphernalia, head to welcometoperfectville.com first and click on the banner. You'll be glad you did. Well, I mean, at least you won't be unglad you did. And we're back. Welcome to Perfectville segment number two, Sam Marcou, Chris Cullen. And uh, segment number one, Chris, admittedly depressing COVID-19, lost the fantasy football finals. And of course, the Miami Dolphins eliminated for playoff contention, but uh, it's not all doom and gloom here for the Miami Dolphins and their fan base. We do have some things we're looking forward to for the Miami Dolphins in 2022 and beyond. And we're going to list them for you here right now because uh, shit, you're probably standing on the ledge right now after that first segment going, well, there's nothing to live for. Sam and Chris are mad and sad, but uh, we're not all bad. You know, we got some things to look forward to here, Chris. So are you ready? I think uh, we've been through this enough where we're kind of numb to it at this point, right? We are. We are. I make the good things even better when they come. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, during the game, you know, I wasn't watching it live. I was watching, you know, kind of keeping an eye on my phone and uh, we're losing like 34 to three, but I had like an Amazon package show up and I was like, Ooh, that's good. So, you know, we're kind of numb to these. I'm like, Hey, these four o'clock games are pretty cool. That's, that's, you know, I got some fancy implications. (laughs) All right. First thing, first thing I'm looking forward to here, Chris, is once the season is over and the new season begins, the Miami Dolphins are in a prime position to be big spenders in the uh, 2022 free agent frenzy. Right now, I think they're scheduled to have about $75 million, which is tops in the league in free agent money. They don't have, other than Mike Kosicki and Emmanuel Ogba, a lot of players that I would consider, you know, um, must bring back players that they have to resign so they can go out and shop. And I am looking forward to this, Chris, because the Miami Dolphins need a lot of help on the offensive line. They need a lot of help, I think, in that wide receiver and running backs room. There are some good, intriguing talents out there that I think the Miami Dolphins uh, can open up the paycheck or open up the paybook and go get. Uh, I'm looking forward to the free agent frenzy for the Miami Dolphins in 2022. What say you? Absolutely. And we have to do it. Um, Last year was draft heavy. Um, other than Coleman and Butler, our free agent signings last year were absolutely abysmal, like not even contributing to the team. Um, you have to. Last year was draft heavy. We got we nailed multiple picks. And when you do that, it starts a great foundation for your team. Here's one thing we're missing from the offense. Veteran offense alignment. That's re- not the draft. Obviously, we're taking guys like Liam Aitchenberg, who is starting three years at Notre Dame against big-time talent, doesn't give up a sack, and he's an absolute freaking turnstile with the Miami Dolphins. If the coaching can't develop young guys, you go get veterans. I don't care if you overspend. You go get multiple linemen here. Okay, Hunt's probably pretty good at right guard. Um, other than that, we got to shore everything else up. Um, get get uh, linemen, spend big, get one or two more receivers, a rumor of Calvin Ridley, Parting ways with the Atlanta Falcons, Chris Godwin um, might be available from uh, Tampa Bay. Pairing him with Waddle might be a great thing, uh, but you have to spend the money if you have it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Antonio Brown is probably done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. So if you're looking for a veteran wide receiver to bring in and just completely poison the well for Jalen Waddell and, and Devontae Parker, he's available. I really can't believe I'm seeing Dolphins fans on Twitter, by the way, saying to bring him in. But yeah. take the time to Photoshop him in Dolphins. It's like, are you guys fucking serious? Like, it has to be a troll at this time. Yeah, and I do think getting some sort of veteran receiver or you know a younger receiver that's that's already proven themselves somewhat in the league makes a lot of sense. Chris Godwin is hurt, so I don't know when he's going to be able to even be available. I mean, you could take a flyer on him, you know, spend the money and just say, hey, look, we'll, we'll see you in 2023 because I think that's when he's going to be available. I think I would be okay with that, but I don't know that Brian Flores and Chris Greer have the luxury of signing somebody to see them a year from now. Um, you know, the Dodgers do that a lot where they sign a guy going, hey, we know he's going to be down. He's got Tommy Johnson surgery, but we're banking on him two years from now. Uh, that's because they've won the World Series and they've won the you know the NL West pretty much every single year for the last 10 years. The Miami Dolphins don't have that luxury. So I don't think Chris Godwin's going to be a, a realistic target. The Green Bay Packers are like $36 million over the cap. Um, Aaron Rodgers most likely, or well, you know, possibly could leave. Devontae Adams could leave. Uh, Devontae Adams in, in Miami would be fantastic. I mean, you talk about Devontae Adams with Devontae Parker as well as Jalen Waddell, and all of a sudden, a lot of those uh, those talent issues go away. Here's a name that I'm going to throw out there that I don't know that the people are really, really talking about. He's a very talented guy. He's lost in the mix there in Dallas. Michael Gallup, 25, 26 years old. Um, sometimes injured kind of reminds me of Devontae Parker on some level. Uh, maybe they can, uh, you know, stagger their injuries so that one of them's always playing every other week, but the, the guy's already had a thousand yards receiving in this league. He's a guy that's probably not going to break the bank. He's very talented. You throw him in the mix with Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker and possibly bringing back Mike Kosicki. And all of a sudden you've got a very, very talented wide receiving core that you don't have to go into the draft, at least not high and use draft capital. Uh, to shore that up. You can maybe get yourself uh, a specialist of some sort in the third or fourth or fifth round. You know, somebody who's uh, just runs real fast and catches, you know, the nine route on the, on the wide receiver tree or something like that. Somebody who can be a little bit of a project for you if you need to go draft somebody. So I'd keep an eye on somebody like Michael Gallup if you can't go get somebody like Devontae Adams. But you're also right about the offensive line. We need veterans and not Jesse Davis veterans, like actual good veterans, somebody like Brandon Scherf, somebody like that who can actually come in here and, and set the tone on the line, be that captain that says, no, this is how we do things. This is how we practice. This is how we hit. This is how we block. This is how I cover your ass. This is how you cover my ass. We're going to work together to make sure Tua Tungavailoa has enough time to throw. But that's where I'd like to see them spend the money. Offensive line, offensive line, and then maybe some skill positions. They have to bring back Agba. They have to bring back Kasiki, at least one of those two, if not both. And I think do think they need to wide receiver. I don't know what we're going to do with running back at this point. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, run, I mean, running back, uh, definitely, I, I don't mind getting a veteran as long as he's on the younger side. I mean, yeah. we know how running backs are a dime a dozen and don't break the bank on it. Um, if it is like a cream hunt or if it is, you know, somebody that you pair with um, with Gaskin or, or a guy you draft. Um, and I wouldn't mind because we'd be passed on it now. And all of us, me and you and Dolphins fans around the world, clamor for these, these, these running backs. And that Greer never picks them. And then we're watching them go to the playoffs now. We talked about MVP races like a Jonathan Taylor, like um, um, Javonta Williams for uh, Denver, Michael Carter for the New York Jets. I know I was uh, – me and you both were um, really hitting the hood of the car for those guys because uh, I watched them firsthand play at UNC with lo local kid here, Sam Howell. So I was familiar with them, and there he is kicking ass in New York and uh, against us, of course. And we're just refusing to do it. 
Um, I wouldn't mind going out and getting put in mind. I'd love if we get Michigan State's running back, um, draft him, draft a guy high, bring him in, get some talent. We wanted Najee Harris as well, but Jalen Phillips, you know, made us not feel so bad about that because he just has taken over games and dominated. Um, so yeah, running back, I'm fine if we draft high, even if people are like, oh, you don't draft running backs in the first or second round. Fucking do it. We need a running game. We need balance. And that's going to help uh, Tua Tungo-Bailoa. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, Kenneth Walker the third, I think, is the uh, the running yes, back for Michigan you. State. And uh, I would be okay with him. I think he is probably going to bubble up and probably be the only running back in the first round that's got a first round grade. I would be okay with that. And here's why. We already drafted Jalen Waddle with a wide receiver as a wide receiver last year. Very, very high, you know, top, top what 10 pick. You're probably not going quarterback. Um, I can't imagine you're drafting yet another offensive lineman in the first round. I mean, you can always, you can never get enough offensive linemen, but for me, we've spent so much draft capital on offensive linemen that aren't panning out that it would, it would make me cringe if we were to go get another offensive lineman. I think you're right. You spend the free agent money on offensive linemen. You spend the free agent money on a a wide receiver. You spend the free agent money on Emmanuel Ogba and Mike Kosicki to bring them back. And then you take a look at the wider. I mean, the running backs, you have Tony Pollard. I mean, he could be a guy that you could come in, but again, he's probably looking for a bigger role. He would have at Miami than he does Dallas, but he's not the end all be all. He's not that bell cow back. He's not a Saquon Barkley. He's not an Ezekiel Elliott that you can just put back there and say, run the ball forever. Uh, So yeah, maybe you do go with in the draft, you go first, second round with a running back, but uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the free agent frenzy, Miami Dolphins, Cutting a few additional people can probably get themselves close to $90 million of spending money. And again, that's keeping some of that base talent. So uh, I'm looking forward to that because this is an opportunity for the Miami Dolphins to load up and go from that eight, nine win team up to the 10, 11, 12 win mark if they do it the right way, which, you know, is uh, yet to be seen, but perhaps what's something you're looking forward to, Chris? I'm looking forward to the recently named Dan Marino MVP of the season. A rookie, Jalen Waddell, so breaking news, if you haven't seen that yet, uh, Jalen Waddell was voted and named the Dan Marino MVP of the Miami Dolphins season. I cannot wait to see him in year two. He's going to have a full offseason with Tua, with our, with our coaches, with uh, uh, you know training. He knows what the NFL is like. He's already dominated it. And if it isn't for Jamar Chase, having literally, historically, the best rookie receiving uh, uh, start to his career, Jalen Waddle, which I will give props. Peter Schrager mentioned him on Good Morning Football this morning as having close to Jamar Chase level of, of a season. It's just not being talked about because he's in Miami. Of course, we know how that goes. Um, but he is just electric, man. He's phenomenal. He goes up and catches the ball. We can do so many different things with him. And that's why I really want to, to kind of piggyback that with who we need to bring in for an offensive coordinator, a young, innovative mind, somebody that's like going crazy, getting him the ball in any way possible, uh, using him uh, just, you know, uh, on the screen game and the running game, uh, like a Tyreek Hill, uh, bring in somebody like that. And I mean, just, I can't wait to see Jalen Waddle year two. The guy is just a phenom. Yeah, Jalen Waddle to me is a little bit bulletproof from the rookie wall or the sophomore slump, and here's why. Jamar Chase is a fantastic talent. I mean, if he was on the Miami Dolphins, I would be jumping up and down, loving it. He would, he doesn't have the season he has in Cincinnati with the Miami Dolphins because he is a little bit lim- limited with his route tree. He's not going to get as open in a small amount of space as Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle allows for you to always have somebody to go to. And I think Tua Tungabailoa appreciates that. The Miami Dolphins need someone like that. They need more people like that, quite frankly, and we need to exploit it. And it's weird to say that, Chris, because 
I think Jalen Waddle is three catches away from breaking Anquan Bolden's rookie reception record uh, for the NFL. And, you know, you can say, well, yes, he had an extra game. And that's true. We have 17 games versus 16. But keep in mind, Jalen Waddle missed a game because of COVID protocols. So had he not missed that game, I think this record would have been smashed already. So 16 games versus 16 games. He's going to get it, barring some sort of craziness here against the Patriots. Jalen Waddle has been an absolute refreshing breath of of fresh air. That's weird. Fresh breath of air. Refresh. I have COVID, ladies and gentlemen. You don't know what fresh air is. (laughs) I don't even know what fresh air is. That's why I can't say it. My brain won't even allow me to say it. But I agree with you. Jalen Waddell, year two, is going to be fantastic. And again, I do think that the Miami Dolphins have an ability and hopefully have a game plan to pair him with some other talent around him, be it veterans, be it young people, so that he's even more of a dangerous weapon because now you can't just cover him. I mean, if you look at what happened with Tennessee, they doubled him uh, against the Titans and they said, beat us with anybody else. And we weren't able to do it because we didn't really have anybody else. Uh, so if you can get some actual weapons, whether it's, you know, exploiting Mike Kosicki or bringing some others in, then I think Jalen Waddle becomes even that much more dangerous. So I agree with you. Jalen Waddle, year two, and beyond is going to be uh, an absolute joy to watch for the Miami Dolphins. And if you haven't already, you got to get yourself a nameplate from Patch Vibes, replace that disgusting Tannehill jersey, make it a Jalen Waddle jersey. There you go, Patch Vibes. A little bit of free advertisement here on Welcome to Perfectville. Well, Chris, something else I am looking forward to uh, next year is the actual schedule for the Miami Dolphins. I'm excited about this. Now, look, we always play the Bills. We always play the Jets. We always play the Patriots. We know that. But there are some games next year, which on paper, Chris, got me a little bit excited. Number one, I think we figured out the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm looking forward to actually playing the Ravens next year. Now, we do play in Baltimore, so that could be a little bit of an alarming sort of game, but we play the Baltimore Ravens next year. We play the Chicago Bears. They're not very good. We play the Cincinnati Bengals. So you talk about Jamar Chase. You talk about Jalen Waddell. That should be a fun matchup of very young, very talented, good wide receivers. And then you got the Detroit Lions. You know, they suck. But Dan Campbell being there uh, could be kind of fun. Yeah, you know, watch your kneecaps. Exactly right. You have the Cleveland Browns. Now, that's a good team, but they're playing in Miami. I like that matchup. We play the Steelers, Mika Fitzpatrick, Tua Tungavailoa, Alabama versus Alabama, former Dolphin versus current Dolphin. I like that matchup as well. And then you've got Minnesota Vikings. You've got the Green Bay Packers. uh, And then, of course, you have the AFC South, whoever's going to be the same as us, whether that's the Texans. I believe it's going to be the Texans. We're playing the Texans yet again. We're also going to be playing the AFC West. It's either going to be the Chargers or the Raiders. And I don't know who it's going to be, but I love it because we're going to be playing on the West Coast, Chris, which gives me an opportunity to go to that game. And then, of course, we're going to be playing the San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara, their hometown. So for me, I'm looking forward to next year because I get to go to the Niner game. I get to go to the Raider game. And who knows how many other games I get to go to. But uh, the schedule next year looks Fairly reasonable, Chris. It looks like, again, on paper, something where the Miami Dolphins, who are good at beating teams they're supposed to beat, have a lot of teams on the schedule that they can beat, at least in my eyes. Death, taxes, and talking about next year's schedule in week 17 on Welcome to Perfectville. That is just probably every single week at 17, 18 episode of our show is us discussing next year. And that's how bad it's been. So yeah, great. It looks good. A lot of West coast travel, which is kind of interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if Flores uh, does what some coaches have done and they stay out West and like 
kind of go to a team facility, something like that. Um, yeah, a lot of big games. Green Bay again. I believe Green Bay is in Green Bay. Is that correct? Because I think the last time we played them was in Miami, and we're going to beat them. And then remember, we let Aaron Rodgers like stay in bounds or some or get out of bounds when all we had to do is keep them. Oh God, I just the memories. Now we're playing. Uh, the the Green Bay Packers are playing in Miami. Beautiful. Okay, so even better. I love when the North teams come to Miami. Uh, obviously, we don't know yet if it's early in the season where it's hotter. Uh, we don't know if it's a primetime game where. Um, you know, all the lights are on and stuff like that, but uh, a lot of cool teams. I love, I love talking schedule and thinking about it. So yeah, definitely something to look forward to, especially for you personally. And, uh, we, we spoke with NorCal, um, um, a few episodes ago, our fan of the year and, uh, my wife and my son and I are going to try to get down to some Miami games in, in Florida. Um, you know, just try to get down there, tailgate with the people. That'd be great because we haven't done that together as a couple and we've been married 14 years. So it's definitely something we need to do. And that's what happens when you move to North Carolina from South Florida when you first start, when you first get married. Um, so yeah, a lot of things to look forward to. Miami home games, stuff like that will be great. And then playoffs because let's start talking about that. January 6th, 2022. Let's just start put the flag down. We have to. I mean, if not, it's another blow up. And Steven Ross is too old for this shit. We need to go to the playoffs. I don't know. There's something weird about saying put the flag down on January 6th that uh, seems like maybe oh, we shouldn't shit. be saying anymore. I forgot what day. <laughs> uh, let's release this tomorrow. Let's just, let's just move on from that, shall we? Uh, and then anything else you're looking forward to, Chris? I mean, I've named two things. You got anything else that uh, that you're looking forward to? Yeah, I'm, looking, I'm really looking forward to the possibility, Sam. And this is something me and our, our mutual friend, Jason Jennings, uh, have been speaking about. It's time we've been asking, the fans have been asking, Garfinkel, please hear me, just make the throwback uniforms permanent. The rule changed that you can have different colored helmets, so maybe we can have a throwback here or there. Bring it back. Everybody's been asking. It's time. There's literally other teams' fans that are like, those are the freshest uniforms in the league. The throwbacks are the gray face masks, you know, away and home. Make those permanent like I think the Bills did and – uh, a couple other teams did uh, with theirs. Just after all of this, another heartbreaking season. Give us something we want, please, and just do that. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, speaking that into existence, Sam. And I, uh, I agree with you. And the last thing I'm looking forward to is January 14th. So by the time you listen to this, probably about a week from now, and that will mark, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, six years. Of welcome to Perfectville. You and I started episode one. Was uh, was Adam Gase the right coach for the Miami Dolphins or not? We both said he was, so we can just go ahead and throw that episode in the garbage. Uh, but six years ago, a week from now, Miami Dolphins, welcome to Perfectville birthday. Six years old, Chris. We're out of diapers. Well, that's literally the day after my stepdaughter's birthday and uh, nine days before my son's birthday. So, yeah, that is. Six fucking years, dude. <laughs> I know. And we made the playoffs once. We, we made the playoffs once. Maybe it's us. Maybe we're the curse. Maybe it's us. Maybe we should just stop. Um, all right. Well, uh, speaking of stopping, let's stop this segment. Let's come back. And I guess, you know, even though it doesn't seem like we have a game, um, we, let's talk about this week 18 game against the New England Patriots right after these words. This episode of Welcome to Perfectville is brought to you in part by Patch Vibes. Go to patchvibes.com today, and upon checkout, type in the promo code PERFECT and get 20% off of your purchase. That's right. Anything and everything in the Patch Vibes store is now 20% off when you type in the promo code 
perfect at checkout. That's right. Go to patchvibes.com and type in the promo code perfect upon checkout and get 20% off of all of your purchases today. And we're back. Segment number three, week 18. Weird to say, Chris, uh, lots of football. And, uh, you know what? I think the 17, first of all, 17 games, first time we've done this. What are your thoughts in general? I know this game doesn't mean much for the Miami Dolphins, but it just in general, did you like the 17-game season? Does it seem too long? Does it seem just right? What are your thoughts on the 17-game schedule? Oh, love it. There's no way it's anything. More football is better. I mean, the NFL is the only sport I could really watch two random teams. Like, like I like make plans to watch Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football. Like, it makes my day happier, regardless if the Dolphins play or not. Like, it's like I'm so looking forward to the Sunday night game, the Raiders and the Char- the Chargers. Like there's just storylines. There's there's uh, winning in. The Raiders have had like just this horrible, terrible, tumultuous freaking season, and here they are with an opportunity to win and go in. I know you wouldn't like that, um, but Justin Herbert has a chance on the national stage to do what Charger fans have been begging for is to win that big game. Um, so yeah, more NFL football, dude. I'm all for it. I, I love the 17 week season. Keep it coming. Do you think they should have added an additional bye week or is one bye week plenty? I, I, I think you probably should add another bye week. Uh, just get, stop mixing. Well, I mean, honestly, they can't shut down the league for a week. Uh, so, yeah, but like one, one early, one late for everybody, especially during COVID and stuff with things that have been happening. Um, I love that we had a late bye week. I think that was nice. And helpful, um, but yeah, I, I think with that's a long season. But they shortened the preseason, so who knows? Maybe it's fine. Yeah, I'm wondering if they could do something where half the league goes on a bye week, and then the next week the other half goes on a bye week uh, as well. I'm with you. I think it's fine. I don't more than that. 18, 19, 20 games. At that point, it becomes too much. I like that they only do three preseason games. I think that's plenty. It just changes how you do it. Your first one's kind of that. All right, let's get everybody on the field. Second one is your dress rehearsal. Third one is all right. Let me evaluate the talent on the back end of the roster, and boom, let's go to work. So I do like it. I, I wasn't. I was on the fence whether I liked the 17 game season or not. I also really like the 17 playoff. I uh, I think that's more exciting. Now, what it was supposed to do was get everybody still involved into week 18 didn't work out for the Miami Dolphins but uh the point is uh we're into week 18 this game has playoff implications not for the Miami Dolphins but for just about everybody else in the AFC East the Buffalo Bills New England Patriots and the AFC in general uh what are you looking forward to in this game uh is there I mean who do you want to win do you want the Patriots to win the AFC East again or do you want the Bills to win it back to back because really that kind of dictates how you're rooting for this game. I think asking if I want a pineapple shoved up my ass or a tire iron shoved up my ass. Both are going to suck and cause eternal bleeding. I, I don't, honestly, you asked me, what am I looking forward to? Nothing. There's nothing I'm looking forward to. Uh, just knock on wood, no catastrophic injury. And uh, I think we're going to get fucking railroaded. We're going to get yeah. smoked. I think the Patriots come out and just absolutely beat the fucking brakes off us. And that's exactly what we deserve. It'll be mostly Patriot fans in the stands. Um, they just, they have a chance to, they actually have a chance to win the AFC East to build or uh, be the one seed, um, per uh, NFL network and the bills do not, which is weird because the bills win, they win the division, but due to tiebreakers and whatnot, um, Patriots have something to play for. I mean, they can honestly win the one seed if Titans lose, chiefs lose, bills lose, which very r- rare that's going to happen. But if Bill Belichick has a chance, he's going to have that team coached up. And I'm telling you right now, Mac Jones and, the, and company are not happy that week one loss. Uh, to us, They're, that's going to be Bill uh, Billboard material, and Bill Belichick's going to go out. He always tries to embarrass his former coaches. Uh, it's yeah. not going to be pretty. 
No, I agree with that too. I think the Patriots probably come away with a victory here just because they have more motivation and they're just firing on more cylinders than the Miami Dolphins are right now. But I am looking forward to some individual accomplishments. I do think it'll be fun to see Jalen Waddle break the uh, the all-time rookie record for receptions in a season. I think that's going to happen. I'm almost guaranteeing that it's going to happen against the Patriots. That's pretty cool. Uh, Mike Kosicki, it's been a quiet season for him, especially since it's a contract year, but he also has already set a personal best in terms of yardage in a season. So seeing him add to that yardage, that's what I'd like to see on offense. I'd like to see those two get fed early and often by Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, I agree with you. No catastrophic injuries. I'd also like to see Jalen Phillips maybe get a couple more sacks, if at all possible, because I was hard on this guy early in the season. Um, shame on me, as always, when I critique a defensive end for the Miami Dolphins, they tend to go off after that. So I'd like to see Jalen Phillips just add to that sack total as a rookie. I mean, that guy going into next year, I think is going to be a monster as he just learns more and more and more, gets stronger and faster. Um, and that's really about it. I mean, whether we win the game or not, I mean, it would be great to go nine and eight, beat the Patriots, go four and two in the division. But uh, whether we win or not doesn't really matter to me as much as seeing those guys get some individual accomplishments and ending the season maybe on a high note. It would be nice. I will say this. It would be nice for the Miami Dolphins to come out and have a great offensive showing with Tua Tungavailoa leading the way so we can at least end the season with that fingerprint etched into our brain of, oh, Tua Tungavailoa can do this against a very good team, in this case, the New England Patriots. Um, but I'm not holding my breath because that hasn't happened quite yet, at least not this season. But uh, that's what I'm looking forward to, Chris. Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, the Jalen brothers uh, doing their thing. And whether we win or not, I really don't know. I think we're probably going to lose. I think we probably get boat, you know, boat raced as well. Uh, call it, call it 31 to 10. Let's say we get an extra, you know, touchdown against us versus uh, what we did against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll call it, I'll keep it close. 28, uh, seven new England. I'm being a pessimistic asshole. You you made some great points. I, that is going to. I hope they feed Waddle immediately, get him a record. That'd be really cool. Uh, he deserves it. I mean, really, he really has. Um, I think that's going to be our game plan. The, our scripted first probably ten plays are going to be get Waddle the ball, get him the record. It's out of Tua's mind. It's out of Waddle's mind. And then yeah, feed Gasecki too because what Belichick does, we all know, he takes away your best weapon. So it's going to be tough with Waddle, but he's almost uncoverable, especially on those quick short routes. They know firsthand. They play against like a two a clone and Mac Jones. So, um, yeah, Waddle. And then I'd love to see like a Javon Holland to get a pick in this in the season, right? Too. Um, and yeah, sack Mac Jones. He's such a fucking nerd. Like just sack him like multiple times. I want to see him, you know, frustrated and, uh, you know, his little pantsuit that he probably wears and uh, send them on their way with a loss in the playoffs with a bad taste in their mouth. But we'll see, man. Yeah, I just not, I'm not looking forward to. I mean, it's our last time watching them play for a lot of months. So I guess let's try to enjoy it. Well, and uh, I'll try try to enjoy it. And I, and I'm begrudgingly going to say, as we get ready to sign off here on this episode of special, uh, special episode of perfect bill, congratulations to raced who won the okayest fantasy league ever. I got to tell you, Chris, I tried to cheat to help you the last week of the season as the commissioner of the league. I opened up the playoffs to more teams. It was going to be a four team playoff. I was in regardless, but I opened it up to six thinking that that would help you get in. No, it didn't. You just still didn't make it in raced made it in instead and not only did he make it in because he otherwise wouldn't have he ran the table and beat my ass in the finals so i'm partially to blame for letting him in you're partially to blame for not being better at fantasy football and keeping him out and then of course race is to blame because he's the one who actually not only talked shit the entire week leading up to it but also actually pulled away and won the entire thing uh hats off to race as much as i hate to say it
but congratulations. I went from being like a shit on a race thing to making me feel so bad about myself in fantasy. You're like, hey, Chris, I had to cheat. It's like putting bumpers up while I, while I bowl. If I go out the bowl with the guys, like, just because we don't want Chris to hit a gutter. And I still threw it in the fucking gutter it's with like, the little stand in the yeah, bumper. Yeah. It's like when a manager in wrestling tries to trip the opponent to help the guy, but he doesn't look and he accidentally trips his own guy. And then that guy gets pinned. That's what happened. I tripped you or you tripped me. I'm not quite sure. And the wrong guy you're, won. You're Jeff Jarrett and you try to slap nuts somebody with a guitar and they pushed me and you know, pulled me in the way you actually hit me or i hit you whatever it was yeah great yeah. stuff Jeff well, that's slap uh nuts. slap nuts so congrats raced and uh the okayest fantasy league ever champion here in 2021 and uh well that's about it happy new year to everybody else out there hopefully you don't have covid hopefully uh you're gonna watch this team grow and do some good things this Sunday. I won't be watching. And uh, Chris, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. And with nothing else left to say on this very uplifting and upbeat version of Welcome to Perfectville, nothing left to say other than goodbye (laughs) from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.